from Bossier City, Louisiana, this is The Grouch and the Brainstorm. And this is episode four. Welcome back to Bossier City, Louisiana, to The Grouch and the Brainstorm. This is Mike, and I'm an alcoholic. And I got with me today, Jennifer. Say hi, Jen. Hi, guys. And I got Matt. What's up? And I got Jill. Hello. And, and I've heard Jill has a really amazing emo voice. So, no. Elmo voice. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't know what emo even is. <laughs> it's not Elmo, what it is. It's a different voice. Another date and time. So, episode four, and we talked about it last time, and we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about spirituality. And, um, and we're not going to talk about <clears throat> spirituality versus religion. We're not going to talk about those things like that. We're going to talk about our experience with spirituality. What do y'all think? I like it. Yeah, men. I, um, and I'm not going to go first, but I will throw in a couple of tidbits of, of information. And when it comes to me and spirituality, I was raised in um, the church. And I wasn't raised in the church. You know, we had a home outside of the church. We would, we would go quite often up until <laughs> I was probably seven or eight years old. And, and so, you know, I confused the two whenever I got to Alcoholics Anonymous. Actually, before I ever made it to Alcoholics Anonymous, I had this envisioned that every time I heard the word spirituality, the word God, I had all of these things. Now, remember, I, I don't know anything else. All I know is what I was taught in those years in the church. And so I'm thinking that is what they were talking about. I had no preconceived prejudice. I had nothing against any of it. I had nothing about any of it. My thought process was I've tried it, and I've tried spirituality, and I've talked to God, and I've prayed, and I've done all of these things, and I had no idea for me, and I can only speak for me, that whenever I would get to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, spirituality would be something that engulfs everything. There's not one particular subject or area, but it engulfs everything about the program. And it took the steps for me to realize that, and a lot of it, you know, came to light after the fact, but the spiritual part of it is something that I had to grow into. It is not something that I came in the rooms and all of a sudden I became spiritual and I've never, you know, lit candles and sat on my hands and, and hummed or any of that stuff, you know, in order to become spiritual, you know, a lot of it for me anyway, and I'll talk about this more later. A lot of that for me is more about acceptance. There's a lot of spirituality and acceptance and accepting the fact that whatever it is that I talk to, whatever it is. Um, is bigger than me, and I can't focus on the task at hand. According to the big book, I can't focus on the task at hand, which is working with others and spreading the message, if I am not, if I'm focused on a problem. So it helped me to become more solution-based when it comes to anything. You know, I, in everyday life, somebody brings me a problem, and I start immediately looking at a solution instead of the problem. The problem is, is always going to be there, but I'll try to look for a solution. So, and there's a whole lot more that goes into that. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll go around the table again, and this time we're going to start with Matt because Matt loves to uh, talk about spirituality and spiritual stuff. And, um, and then we'll just work I'll our way into it. You know. so, and, then, and then Jennifer has some, you already have some questions ready? She's got some questions she wants to ask all three of us, so I want to hear these questions. I want to answer these questions, but probably can't, so go ahead, Matt. Okay. Um, well, spirituality for me, I'm like you, Mike. Uh, my dad's parents were in ministry. My dad was a Southern Baptist preacher, grew up in it all my life. I literally did grow up in the church, like, or right next door to the church uh, most of my life, but it was, hey, you have no choice the church is open you're there you know and as a kid you're like it's like anything else it, you're you're made to do it so um so yeah I didn't spiritually you know I didn't get my own understanding of that growing up I kind of you know didn't really like it I was like you know 
when I'm legal to make my own decisions, I'm out. So, um, yeah, but grew up in it all my life was around people, pastors, and that's the type people we hung around. And um, so kind of kind of went my own way with it when I was old enough to make that decision. And um, kind of had a, I guess, a mixed up, uh, didn't, didn't understand the difference between religion and, and spirituality. So um, I just took the religion as that's what it is. And um, I had a lot of my own thoughts and uh, questions on that. And so rocked along and then go through um, 25 years of alcohol and other goodies and uh, wind up in a treatment center. And then I get told, hey, we got to work on this. And we start the steps and, and um, you know, it was, uh, was very strange starting out trying to to figure that out on my own without, without somebody saying, well, this is, this is what it is. You know, this, this is what you need to, uh, I guess more religion based where religion would say, this is X, Y, Z. Uh, uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, um, I had to learn to, to, to have a relationship with God as, as I understood him, you know, and that was, that was strange starting out. And, but, the way it's grown for me was that I saw results from that. So it started off very simple and, um, I saw results in my own life. And when I did just what you're saying and, uh, took myself out of the equation and realized I wasn't the one in control of it. And the more I let go, uh, of the control aspect of it and just tried to do what I was supposed to do, it worked out very well. And so, um, Today, yeah, it's a lot better. You know, it's a lot better, and I'm still growing with that. But, um, but yeah, totally different than religion. I, I, I'm not a religion guy, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I do more praying in a bass boat by myself. In the as soon as the sun's coming up, and that's better for me than sitting in any church. And that's me personally. But do you pray to catch more fish, or? Well, when I'm with my sponsor, I do a lot of praying. I've done some weird some religious rituals i'll even say that in the back of the I'm, i'll do whatever it takes if it's competitive you know uh, some rain dances all kind of stuff weird stuff but um i begged and pleaded with god to please i've got to catch my more than bobby but uh he doesn't listen to my prayers when i do that usually when they're not in the will, they're selfish selfish prayers. <laughs> you know Sometimes they're foxhole prayers. I'm like, please, dear God, just let me catch one so I don't have to listen to this for the next week out of him, you know. But, uh, um, but no, I mean that's that's kind of where I'm at today. And and um, and then you start working, and what's weird is you start working with other people, and they come in and they're in that same. I have a guy right now that's in the same kind of boat I was in, and so he's just starting to figure that out, you know, and um. It's, it's interesting watching somebody else start that journey of figuring that out, you know. So, um, But I don't know. I don't know if that helps at all or clears it up. But. Well, yeah, it does. Jennifer, do you have some questions for Matt? I mean, I had some questions for the general group. Okay. Um, but did we want to finish going down around the table, or do you want me to ask a question? Oh, we put Matt on the spot here. We rolled Matt. You know, so oftentimes – you know what I was thinking about this subject the other day and we often talk about in the rooms the spiritual experience and you know the old metaphor of the burning bush or the the great big bolt of lightning strikes and um and 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 for me it was more educational variety you know little by little I started experiencing God but you know it it, it opened the question to have how do you, on a daily basis, just a normal run-of-the-mill, it's a random Tuesday, um, sober for a lot of days in a row, experience God? Like today, for instance. There's a few ways. Number one, I know, I know a lot of us talk about we get out of bed and we get on our knees in the morning and you hear that. I'm not a get-on-our-knees guy. I'm, I'm Every day of my life I wake up like I'm a bullet shot out of a gun. I'm 100 miles an hour all day. But my ride from work, from home to work, is that's my time in the morning. And every morning I sit there and I go, dude, I'm so grateful. Literally, random Tuesday, 
Saturday morning. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter good, bad, or indifferent. It just hits me every morning, and it's kind of that thought process in the morning of like, look how far things have come and gotten better since you've been doing this thing. And the other part where I see God is just like I saw last night in that room and just like I see every day in that room. People come in, and they get their lives back together, and they start acting like a human being, and they color comes back on their face, and they hang out with people, and they become a person again, and they come in, and they look like the walking dead, and three months later, they look like a human, and then it gets better and better and better, and that, to me, that's as as much as people want to see evidence of God, come hang out in there because I see it every single day. Absolutely. So. 100% agree. But have you ever had moments where, you know, used to, I used to chop everything up to a coincidence, but I feel like sometimes I open some spiritual literature and then I open another spiritual literature. I turn the TV on and then I turn, I don't know, the radio on and it is one concise message. And you can't chop it up to anything else than it's God slapping me on the head with a two by four. Because mm-hmm. normally it's something that I've prayed about or, you know, been fretting over or worried about. And it's just there. And I just can't chop it up to anything else. But that's God saying, yeah, you dummy, Jen. This is the, uh, this is what I've been trying to show you. You have those moments? Uh, all the time all the time um i mean and and i even have i have people randomly and i think this is god doing that but i have people just randomly that i run into and they go man and like we visit for a minute and i haven't seen them in a while and they're just like dude like remember like they they it, they, they just see a big gap in where i was you mm. know and then i get to thinking about that and i'm like oh man i forgot about that and um those things like that, it's just, it's very clear to me. I have no doubt. Little, big moments, all that type of stuff. It's just very clear. I don't, I don't have any doubt that, that God's in control of it, you know? Yeah. So. Love it. So, uh, you know, do you ever use the serenity prayer? Every day. Every day? Every day. Okay. I mean, that's like. I, and I tell my sponsees uh, and and people in the program, I'm like, if you sit there and look at the serenity prayer and you think about it, it pretty much covers everything. Yeah, exactly. One way or another, it goes in three things. That's it. And five years into it, I'm real quick to look at it and go, I have no control of this. I'm gone. And I don't give it another thought. Somebody else can worry about that. And I've gotten way better. I used to worry and fret about every little stupid thing. And now I go, man, I don't have control of much. And except my attitude and my effort. I, I have control of that, and that's all I can do. And I let the results do what they do. And your life shows it. Sure, it sure. Does. I mean, man, that's it's all that's all it is. I mean, uh, it's it's this program is, is you're rewarded by the effort you put in. I think life you're rewarded by the effort you put in. You don't have to be the the the, the best looking or the, the most money or any of that crap that people think that, you know, just show up. Just keep doing what you're supposed to do. Keep hammering away at it, you know? Yeah. And, man, it, it goes quick. So. You know, a, um, a a good example of that is, you know, we see people in these rooms who come in and experience some severe tragedies, I mm-hmm. mean, in their life, and they stay sober, you know? And we walk in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's almost, especially if we're brand new, just straight out of the bottle, and we start hearing a language that we don't understand. It's just these these uh, people that are already here speak their own language. You know, they they have these. And I remember sitting in a meeting, and a lady, a lady was like, "Well, that's a step six, and that's a step." I'm like, how does she memorize this, man? I mean, how is this? You know, and you know, truth be known, the moment that I say my name is Mike, I'm an alcoholic. I start learning that language. I start learning to speak the language in that room because I've said the first thing. And if you think about it, it doesn't make sense anywhere else in the world except for in the rooms of AA. You know, I've said it before. Go to a, go to a Wendy's and say, hey, I'm Mike Alcoholic. I'll have a step three. <laughs> give me a step five and a, and a, a Diet Coke. Supersize it. Yeah, people right. will look at you like you're crazy. So we have our own language. So uh, the serenity prayer, 
what does it mean to you? I mean, it's as simple as that. It's it's it reminds me that somebody's in control of it. And I think with our personalities, with us coming in, at least with me and most of the people that I know, we're obsessive. So good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to obsess about things and worry things to death. And we spend so much time, so much energy on that. And now I'm, I can quickly look at it today and go, this is out of my control, man. Like I'm, I'm driving myself crazy over something that I have no control over and I'm wasting time and energy and all that good stuff on it. And, um, you know, I realized today that God's in control of it. And I realized that through coming in here and slowly day by day, seeing the results of trying to pray and trying to understand a higher power and, and building on that. And I couldn't deny the results. And then I saw them with other people too. And I went, okay, so, uh, that's, that's me, man. You show me, I'm, I see the proof I'm, I'm in. So. Well, a clear example for me of spirituality is if I'm a control freak that turns my will and life over to the care of God every day, but I'm still miserable, I'm still a control freak, right? Right. right. So I'm going to be miserable until I really and truly turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Now, that in itself might be a little spiritual, right? For me, I'm only speaking for me. But the fact that I realize that is the spiritual aspect of it. The change, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And I don't have serenity at that moment. It means there's probably something I can't change that I'm trying to change. Right. The courage to change the one thing I, I can, which for me is usually just having to do something. I've got to get into action somewhere in there, you know. And the wisdom to know what is and is not my business. The wisdom to know what is God's business. You know, I don't have serenity. I lack courage. And I have a problem minding my own business. There you go. Well, you know, but I say the serenity prayer seven days a week at a meeting in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I wake up one day and I realize I am miserable. Am I really turning my will and my life over to the care of God? You know, and that's not to confuse anybody that's coming into the program because spirituality is spirituality, right? It's it's completely up to the user. So my brand of spirituality is not going to rub off on you no matter how hard I try. I might not be serene if I try to rub my brand of spirituality off on you and you don't take it, right? And then you've got um, just different different aspects of spirituality. I just, did the word spirituality scare you? Um, uh, not really, but, but I was, I was the, the gift of desperation for me was so bad at that point that, you know, I was willing to do anything. So if, if so I tried it and didn't even know who I was praying to, but they said, pray in the morning. And I went, okay. And so they were real simple and it was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but the, the result was every single day. I didn't pick up and drink or use and they weren't a lot of fun early on, you know, yeah. uh, but it got better yeah. and it grew from there and, and being around you guys and, and doing, talking about what we're talking about right now and kind of, um, and I'm not knocking religion by any means or church or any of that stuff. I think all that's great. Just, this is me strictly me talking. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was weird. You know, it's weird. You reminded me of something. Um, and before we do that, I've got to I've got to say I've got to talk about something real quick. And while you were talking, you reminded me. And then we'll we'll segue off into Jill and um, talk about that. You like I'm holding my microphone like Eddie Vedder. I feel like a, a star right now because I got the new microphone I'm trying out today. But um, when it comes to spirituality, okay. And, and acceptance, some of the things that go along with spirituality or the lack of acceptance, you know, that could, could harm your spirituality. Um, it, the, the question was posed to me earlier in the week, the grouch and the brainstorm, where did it come from, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I talked about it briefly in episode one, the grouch and the brainstorm, and anybody listening can refer back to that if you want to hear that little snippet. But it comes from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have a book handy. But it says, 
that uh, the grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. You know, they may be the dubious luxury of other men, but they are not for us. So, the podcast in itself was was basically the idea was to reach out to somebody somewhere, even if only one person hears it, right? And if they're thinking about trying this thing, right? If they're thinking about going into this this AA way of life, or you know, we have experience from across the board, right? We have you know, more than a decade, we have less than a decade, we have right at half a decade, we have all of the gamuts, we have old-timers we're going to interview, we have newcomers, we have just people's experience, other than what you hear, you know, from family members or someone who's never done it, um, a buddy that tried treatment because he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing or whatever. So where, we, where we're rolling with this is we're actually sharing our experience, strength, and hope. And in that, there is no grouch or brainstorm. There's none of our opinion. There's none of our, we think, I think, this is how I feel. It isn't about any of that. It's, it's strictly just experience from experienced members of Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's actually the lack of the grouch and the brainstorm, which is hopefully going to encourage someone when they're trying to make that decision. You know, so sure. just to clear that up, that's where it came from. So, uh. And I appreciate the question. And anybody out there that may be listening to the podcast, if you have some questions, we, uh, we'll be glad to answer them on air. If you want your name mentioned, say, hey, shoot me a text or something or one of the guys in the, in the group here, our gals, and we will uh, we'll get back with you or we'll be able to answer your question, hopefully. you know. But this is, uh, this is really and truly about that person out there that just can't decide or maybe, just maybe, some of our experience will help that person that's has less time than, than, the, than the folks that are sitting here at the table because we by no means run the gamut on Alcoholics Anonymous. This is not a popularity contest. That's this right. is not about how well you know the big book and none of that. None of that matters. This is about, this is what I've been doing for the past 11 years and 11 months of my life. And this is how I did it. And this is where I'm at today, sitting here at a table, holding the microphone like Eddie Better. So don't get much better than this he exactly. has arrived That's right. <laughs> well i talked about that in a noon meeting today you know we talked about uh something out of bill's story but we we talked about that section I have arrived. bill had arrived yeah. you know so uh jill yeah what do you think uh i'm gonna ask you a couple questions okay. I, got, I got a couple on my mind right now number one did was there a clear gap no gap or maybe just I have no idea when it came to the word spirituality. Did you immediately think of religion or was there a, a connection? Um, no, I didn't think of religion at all. Uh, actually, you know, my mother taught me at a young age, uh, meditation, uh, transcendental meditation, creative visualization. My mom was very spiritual. And so um, that's what I associated with. It with and uh, like I said, she taught me that um, you know when I was young, about eleven or so. But I didn't practice it. I didn't practice it at all. And once I got into alcohol and other um, business, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Okay. So, what is spiritual spirituality to you today? Well, to me, it is a set of values, principles, morals that I live by um, is basically doing the right thing. It's not lying. It's not cheating. It's not stealing. It's not manipulating. It's, it's just being a good person. You know, just. So I've got to ask you a question. Hey. So I had some people also commenting. So they, they said, and I told you this off the air, but I'll say it while we're recording too, but they, they said, Jill, we heard Jill, she grew up on the hippie place, and then it was a big gap, and we don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. So to tie in with that, if you can fill in that some, and you just did a little, I think. But so I grew up in a church, and I saw my dad up there preaching every Sunday with, with the spirituality part that you, what did you think about that as a kid? Like, As a kid, I was exposed to church just like maybe a handful of times. Um, I went to church with my grandparents a couple of times, uh, but my family, we did not attend church. Um, We did not 
I was not taught religion, even though I knew what it was because all my friends were, you know, part of that. And so um, I grew up, you know, of course, growing up here, I remember, you know, people being kind of ugly about that um, because they knew I didn't, I, we weren't religious. We didn't attend church like everybody else, but um, I didn't want to, um, you know, I had a, a family member that, uh, was highly super religious. And, uh, when my parents would leave, she would, uh, tell me I was going to hell and she did that all throughout my childhood. I know that's sweet. <laughs> um, so you can see where I was like, uh, no, thanks. That's not for me. Um, but, uh, I, I just, as time went by the less and the more I drank, the less and less I believed in anything. I'd like to, you know, to think or to say like, yeah, I believe in this great thing and it's love and it's energy and, and all these things. And, um, w- which is basically, you know, what I believe in today, but I, I didn't, there you was didn't never, I didn't see it. There was never any action. There was no practicing anything and I wasn't doing the right thing. So spirituality is, is is something that's a practice to me and that I started when I got sober. Uh, it is very important to me and to sure. my sobriety. Sure. You got questions for, for Jen? I mean, so for uh, Jill? How do you experience your higher power on a daily basis? Probably the same way everybody else does. Um, just like Matt was saying, my prayer time, um, I do everything just the same. I still pray and I do my meditations and I, you know, do everything like a normal person would. Um, I pray on my way to work. I love doing that because I have a 30 minute, 25 minute drive. Yeah. And so I do my, my prayers. I like the that's str- you swerving all over the road and <laughs> on the way to Minden every morning. No. Close your eyes when you pray, Jill. No, no. Eyes wide open on the road. But my head, you know, I do the uh, serenity prayer, the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer. I just really like those three prayers. Uh, And then I do my affirmations and then I do my uh, gratitude. And that takes about 20 minutes. I mean, I'm I'm just talking to myself in the car the whole way to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I experience the same way. I mean, it's, it's through the steps. It's through other people. It's, it's, being aware of everything that is out there and, you know, knowing that that's my higher power working. If there's a beautiful sunset, thanks God. Yeah. You know, if, if just something's amazing and I try to see the beauty in everything and to me, that's God. So do you ever have those moments where you just can't chop it up to anything but God and, and, and you're just baffled or dumbfounded. And I still have those to this day. I just kind of like just sitting on and I'm like, thanks God. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a. Yeah, I'll cry. Yeah. Uh, just tears I, of gratitude. Too. Me <laughs> too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Me too. Uh, <laughs> even though he's Eddie better. He's still right. Yeah. I just, I never thought I would believe in something. And, uh, to me it's, it's everything. Right. I have a lot of faith in it and um really believe. You know, I was on I was on my way to work the other day and um and I, I don't, you know, necessarily do any praying while I'm driving. And uh I had some air supply going. I'm, I'm the, all out of Shout love. out to Roger, <laughs> by the way, Roger. Was, well, that was that was why <laughs> I had air supply fan. going. <laughs> and yeah, him and his wife told me last night they were going to another concert and I was like, "Who are you going to now?" Uh, Barry Manilow and his <laughs> wife just she cracked up. But I had some air supply going and it, and so it, it made me think of of Roger, right? right and right. and of course Roger's wife Deb, it made me think of both of them and and how how far, you know, and for me, just that thought process of, wow, here's a member of AA. He's been coming around now close to six months. And and all of that inspired from a song, you know, but he's been coming around for six months and he's doing great. His wife attends meetings with him. And for me, that's spiritual. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's something spiritual in just about everything. I guess if I could ask a question, and I guess I can because I've got the microphone. Right. Um. Have you ever looked back on something you may have prayed for but didn't get and thank God that you didn't get it? 100%. Matthew? 
Don't always put me on the spot. Yes, I have. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you crazy. Uh, so I've been in the landscaping business for fourteen years. Had been doing it about twelve. Say the manscaping business. Manscaping. That's a that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, so so I've totally lost my train of thought now. Thank you, Mike. Landscaping business. Landscaping business. So. I've been doing that as a career and get, got burnt out with it, got real burnt out with it and uh, enjoyed it, but got real burnt out with it and decided I'm going to go a different path. I'm done. I'm I'm doing this. And the problem was I decided, you know, I didn't, in a fit of frustration, I went into another line of business and it did not work out at all. And it was a bad situation. It was not good. It was not healthy in any way, and I was totally miserable. But through that, the spirituality part, I went, okay, I've made a mistake here, but I also gave my word to a person that I'm employed with that I would do this for a year. That was our agreement. And I'm going to keep my word and do as best I can with it, even though I absolutely despised what I was doing. He comes out about eight months into it, basically, and says, I'm going to let you go. This isn't working out. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, wow, I'm just eight months of this. I was very upset. I was angry. But I didn't I didn't act that way. You know, I said, hey, I appreciate it. No big deal. I walked over to my truck, turned it over, just turned it over. Your truck? <laughs> no, not no. Well, I wanted to do that too, but just kind of turned that over to God and went, okay, you know, here it is what it is. So, the next morning at eight o'clock, I had a job with about a ten thousand dollar a year raise from a guy that I had talked to for two minutes. And as I was walking to my truck that day, his face popped into my mind, and I called him the next morning. I said, "Hey, can I come talk to you?" And we talked for about three hours. And I drove home and I went, yeah, yeah, there is a God and he is not Matthew. And I'm still doing that job and I absolutely love it. But I also think just just like we talked about with the serenity prayer, even making a mistake, you have to you have to put the good faith of, I don't like this necessarily, whatever that might be, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's going to work itself out. And now I look back on it and the guy who let me go, I saw him yesterday. We're, we're great. We get along great. And filmed a commercial yesterday. Filmed a commercial for him yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. So, w good people, you know. And I actually do business with the guy now. And it's great. And it's all worked out great. And God just has a funny way of doing that. And and we want to, or I want to, I want to choose how the, the play is going to go. And, and I don't get to choose that. And sometimes I need to be reminded. So, I'm hard-headed, guys. I don't know if y'all know that, but. You know, I was I was running that play for about eight months and it didn't work out real good. So I'll let him handle it. But yeah. Okay. Anybody else got anything on that? Moment of silence. All right, Jennifer. What are we? Oh, my. You're you're. So I'm quite the opposite of almost everybody in this room. I didn't grow up in a spiritual household at all, so there was no. Um, God was talked about often, but it was usually followed by four little four letter word. Um, there was no religious training, no religious, you know, um, we were non-practicing Catholics. There was no transcendental meditation or hippie, um, any of that. So I get to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and I see all the God stuff on the wall and I hear the word spirituality and I'm dumbfounded. I'm thinking spirituality's transcendental meditation or lighting candles or doing, I don't know, yoga or all of these things. And, but back to, I see the things about God on the wall and I'm shitting bricks. I'm like, there's no way that this program's going to work for me. I don't know enough about religion. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know enough about God. I don't know. I don't have a relationship with God. None of it. And these people, and you know, I, I remember like the mics of the world were in the rooms and 
another guy named Darren and I'm, I'm just looking there and they're like to me at that moment they were like three steps from a monk or you know um the Dalai Lama and and I'm like here I am this unholy roller unworthy of love unworthy of you know God all of it and you know in hindsight the big book tells me is God as I understand him. And so if all I know is God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, that is absolutely enough to get me started in this, in, in down the path of recovery and sobriety. And so I did like most alcoholics. I didn't know who I was praying to in the beginning. Um, but I prayed, um, and it wasn't until like year three and a half that I really experienced my creator, my higher power for the first time. And so if this is not a miracle in itself, I went from thinking that it would take me literally a decade to read one of the, the books of John or Matthew, um, Luke or Mark to um, one, like one book per decade so that what that's 40 years and I was 40 at the time so I didn't think I had enough time to do any of that to um seeking my higher power through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous through this the Bible through um all of those things and for me spiritual spirituality is um on my own power I can't do much of anything I can't even go to grocery store without just being raw in my own skin. There's no change there because I'm, I can't fix me with me. But spirituality for me is allowing my higher power to come in and make those changes. And, and, and I learned that through the process of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it definitely was not an overnight matter for me. Um, but again, on my own power, I'm one of those people that thinks, you know, I turn into Weeza from Still Magnolias real, real quickly. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm baffled that people don't think that I'm pleasant. You know, I'm pleasant. And I saw Drew meeting and down at the Piggly Wiggly and I smiled at the son of a bitch before I couldn't help myself. You know, I'm thinking one thing and, you know, and the motives never right on my own power. But when I allow my higher power to come in and work through me and I turn my will and my life over to the care of that higher power, that's where the miracles start happening. That's where I'm able to give without any expectations. But when I do it on my own power, even if it is something, service work for the the fellowship, service work for other people, um, anything on my own power there's always that expectation if it's not just for some kind of validation or acknowledge my existence type thing so I think for me spirituality is allowing my higher power to come into my life and work on me and through me because isn't it funny too like God will let us take control we just want to oh I got it now yeah he's like go ahead yeah oh I, I you know real quick story and I've got one for just about every step. If y'all ever want yeah. to read my Wikipedia page. Um, you know, my mom told me whenever I was a little kid that anything that I let stand in the way of God, that God could take away from me. And and I remember her telling me that. And she may not, but I remember her telling me that. And I was under the impression whenever she told me that, that... It was going to happen like all at once, you know, like I would wake up one day and that would be gone. Whatever that is, you know, it could be a job. It could be whatever, you know, and, and, you know, I guess what I failed to realize until I got into the program Alcoholics Anonymous is that he allowed me to eliminate all that stuff out of my life because I eliminated him out of my life and I still think about that to this day. I mean, when you, when you, hindsight's 50 50, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> they say 20 20, but for me, it's 50 50. Hell, I'm hitting miss half the time. But, uh, but I, I look at it now at, you know, that free will that we see in the big book so much. And my free will just allowed me to destroy myself. 
And that goes back to the isms, and I'm, I'm sure we'll have an episode on isms way down the line, but I don't know about anybody else, but I can get it mad, angry, whatever it is, completely void of any higher power or spirituality. And when I'm done, I don't have anything left. And then I'm blaming everybody else for not me not having anything, and it's strictly because I... Like my mama told me when I was a little boy, you know, I shut God out of the picture. I took over and, and the best I can do is just destroy myself. And, and I've seen that happen, you know, I, not, not any time lately, you know, call it getting old, call it the program of AA, whatever it is. But, you know, the older I get, the less, less I seem to do that. Or with AA's help and a sponsor, very important. I catch myself, I catch myself, you know, and, that is, I catch myself before I destroy myself because I'll do it. I will do it. So yeah, this is uh this is sponsorships important to. Uh, I left intergroup and I was feeling some type of way. I couldn't like for whatever reason. So I called my sponsor, which was a first. You know, like usually I would wait till you know two days later because I'd let it ruminate a little bit more to blow it out of proportion a little bit more, but. I said, I got to get this taken care of quickly. And uh, uh, she didn't answer, but she texted me back. And so um, I gave her the bullet points of what I was feeling and why I was feeling it. And, you know, the last one was me. I'm the problem. And, you know, it wasn't one of those things where she just said, you know, Jen, that's all justified. Why don't you just go home and eat a tub of Ben and Jerry's? And, you know, it wasn't like that. And it was that swallowing and digesting big chunks of truth, truth about yourself. And she said, you need to go home and write. And that's what I did. Nice. I dove off into a step four till about midnight last night. And, you know, and today I woke up with a little bit more peace than I had when I went to bed last night. And those are, you know, that's the beauty of this program. Rather than sit and wallow in it. You know, you know, and add to that, Mike and I were kind of talking about this the other day, but being in here now, and and I'm not going to say everybody in the program, but a lot of the people in the program today, if they come to me and they go, hey, man, and I think this is God doing that, but it's also God. Uh, not sure how I'm trying to say this, but they come to me and go, hey, man, there's something going on here. Like, you need to work on this. And in the past, before I came in here, man, I'd have been like, who are you? Who are you to tell me? You know, how dare you? And now I'm, I may not want to hear it, but I do learn to just shut my mouth and go, I'm going to think about that a little bit. And a lot of times there's a little evidence to the, to that. And man, I'm so grateful for that today. And not that people in this program do that all the time. It's not. But when somebody that I respect very much says, Hey dude. And I realize their motive's pure. It's not, it's not doing anything for them. They just want me to get better, you know? And, and, um, I've had that a little bit in here and I, man, I really appreciate it. Like I, I want to, to, to get better. And so, uh, I'm grateful today that I am at that place where at least I'll pause before, uh, you know, deflecting it or, or I don't know what I'm trying to say, yeah. but anyway. So I just thought of a, a, a question, um, you know, cause when I first came into the rooms, I think people get spiritual and life life gets better. You know, we ride on that pink cloud for a little bit and, you know, we're shitting rainbows and unicorns for whatever time. And then life shows up and we have those, what the big book recalls are those trials and low spots. So have you ever like, even just recently been in one of those trials and low spots and Mike, what do you do to get out of it? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I have recently been in one of those trials and low spots. And, you know, here's the thing. Number one, I've got to identify that I'm in a, a low spot. I do because, and I do not think of myself 
nearly as much as I did when I got into the rooms, nearly as much as I did at five years, nearly as much as I did at 10. So the longer I stay, the less and less I think of myself. Well, that has a two sides to that. Okay. So a lot of times I, I don't think of myself to the point where I may not be working on myself because I'm not thinking of myself. And, and so what I do on a normal basis, one, is when I hit a low spot, I stay in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I go to a meeting all the time. I may hit a 9, a noon, and a 5.30. I may mop the floors. I may clean the closets. I may clean the bathrooms. But when it's really low, I'm going to hang out close to that club. And just as three hours ago or two hours ago, I'm in there mopping. And I had to mop not because I'm in a low spot, but I had to mop because the floor was dirty. And there was another AA in that room. And he just, he was talking to me. And we shared some stuff. And I'm not even going to go into that. But the fact that that happened was supposed to happen. You know, so absolutely. And and I will tell you this, there are times where I don't do anything until it gets so bad. And then I'll, I'll get on my hands and knees, either in a living room or in a bedroom or whatever. And the first thing I have to do is admit it's so bad. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to need some help. And I know you're there. I know you got this. And I'm not, probably not going to like whatever it is you have in store for me. But I really don't like whatever I got going on. So I'm going to take the lesser of the two. And I'm, I'm going to completely turn this thing over. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do something. Because the last thing I need to do is lay in bed or lay on the couch or, or live in self-pity. And... That's another thing, the longer and longer I stay sober, the less there is of self-pity. There's just, there's, it's just not. So when it does come up, I have to really, really make sure that I'm doing these things. And, and I go to a meeting every day. I'm a seven-day-a-week guy. And on Saturdays and Sundays, I try to make two. But if that's not enough, okay, I've got to do more, 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 more. We'll read that in the big book over and over again. Still more action. There's still more action. But that's that's what I have to do in those low spots and those trials, those things when it gets tough. So, and you didn't ask this question, but I'm going to answer this one anyway. So how you answer a question that didn't get asked, unless you're thinking about yourself. Oh, I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> okay. But what about those good spots? Do we ever, you know, I think about those good spots because I don't know about any other alcoholic, but when things are going really good, I drank. When things were going really bad, I drank. And so my mom, and, and it just happens to be Mother's Day, you know, and we're talking about my mom a couple times today, but I remember coming up, uh, growing up, and I would reach a, reach a new milestone in, in whatever I do for a living, and I don't, I don't discuss that too much on the air, but I would reach a milestone, and I would call my mom, and I would be so excited, and my mom... <laughs> My mom would be, well, you know, Michael, that could go away. You need to know that. To that effect, you know, and it would bring me back down, you know. And so now when things are going good, I tell myself, you know, I've got to have a steady balance of the good and the, and, and the bad in my life, right? And that's what makes a life a life. So anyway, that's, that, that's my little take on it. That just sparked something um, out of... It was randomly out of the blue. I get a call from a young lady from our home group. And um, I didn't get to the phone in time, so I called her back, and we played phone tag for a minute. But she finally got back a hold of me. And she relayed whatever the situation was, and then she told me what she did about it. And it was 100%. Like, I couldn't have told her, oh, I would have done this, or you should have done this. It was 100% by the book, by the program. And um, we got to chatting a little bit, and I told her, I said, yeah, that we hear that often in the rooms. I said, we might be in a trial spot, but it won't always feel like this. We might be on one of those highs, and it won't always feel like that either. But sometimes I have to just hold on to those moments. When I get in those lower spots, you know, or just the moments where nothing's good, nothing's bad. It's just, I'm here. I'm okay. I'm accepting the world as it is today. And I have more of just those moments. 
I progress, think, not perfection. I think right. the uh, I think the the uh, low moments, or where I learned times. the oh, most. that's that's where that's it gets the good, lesson. That's where you grow. Yeah, I got a couple questions before we end this thing. I wanna I wanna ask. You know, we'll go around the table. We can do it real quick, or we can do it real slow. It doesn't matter. We got about fifteen minutes left. Um, did anybody? And I'm gonna start with you, Jill. Okay. Okay. Because Jill came out of treatment center to AA, correct? Correct. Okay. Matt, treatment center to AA? Correct. Jennifer, patio to AA? Straight patio. I'm the, yeah. Okay. I'm the, the fellowship of the patio. And I came straight out of the uh, treatment center again to AA. So I guess the question I want to go around the table and ask, starting with Jill, is when you got to AA or when you were in a treatment center, Whenever you were exposed to recovery, whenever those people said, we have a solution, did anybody force spirituality on you? I uh, feel at first, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like I said, you know, I wasn't, uh, when I saw the 12 steps, when I saw what all that entailed and saw God and everything else, I was scared to death. I did I, I, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't want to do this. And, um, cause by that time I didn't believe, like I said, in anything and I didn't want to, but yeah, I had a lot of people coming up to me. Can I teach you the Lord's prayer? I was like, I know it. I, I just couldn't say it at that point in time. I was furious. I hated everything. And, uh, I felt like it was pushed on me, but it was to the point, you know, everything had to be broken down to me because I didn't understand. I didn't even know what they, you know, my counselor was saying surrender. And I was like, I don't it, like, what do you want me to give you? I mean, it was just, I had to ex be explained everything throughout the process and was able to find a higher power. Thank God. But I fought this process. I fought it for a little bit and it wasn't until, um, I went through the steps and I think that was like a year and a half and had the spiritual awakening. I was like, I see. I, I, and I, I had it and I like called bullshit on that. You know, like what happens? I don't even know what that is. What is a spiritual awakening? And, and so, um, I was just excited to know like it, it worked. Yeah. I think in my own little way, I called bullshit on it too. Oh, big time, big time. But, um, you know, the longer I've been sober, the more tolerant, the more open, less judgmental and all those things that I, you know, that I was, I'm just not anymore. And, you know, I do say the Lord's prayer and I do, I mean, I do it all now. Okay. Matt. Nothing was forced on me. Um, I was told, you know, you, you've got to find something to believe in. And I had a concept of there's something out there, you know, but that's kind of developed, um, you know, as the years have gone on, it's grown spiritually. Um, and, and I've had to work on that and, and I have, and I, I feel like I'm in a good place, uh, with that, but nothing was forced on me. You know, uh, as far as the program goes, it's, you know, I, it's, you can, you can believe what you want to believe, just believe in something, you right. know, and, and that's kind of a, that's kind of a scary thought too, because it's like, wait a minute, you're not telling me what I got to believe in. I'm not being told, so I have to figure this out for myself. So I did. And um, I think that's why it's worked, too, is because yeah. I've just figured it out on my own, and that's what I've grown with. So I feel like that's what everybody has to do mm -hmm. is just figure it out on their own and just let it happen. A lot of people come in, too, and they go, especially like sponsees, and they go, okay, so who are, who am I believing in? Buddha? Who, who are you telling me? And I go, I don't care, dude. I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a realistically, no matter what it is, it's between them and it. It's, it's right. Yeah. right. I said, yeah. I, I said, brother, I, I, you know, I don't care. It, it's, I just want you to get a start on this and, and an understanding. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, what about you, Jen? I wasn't forced anything. I just remember my first sponsor, you know, the whole, the question that we get asked, are you willing to go to any length to stay sober? And of course I did the number where, yes, yes, I'm willing to go to any lengths. But I was like, meatloaf, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And I heard, take what you leave and leave the rest. Well, for me, the rest was the solution, the big book, the 12 steps, all of it. Like I was coming to meetings and not drinking in between. Oh, man, that's that's a that's a dangerous place to be. 
I confused AA Alcoholics Anonymous, the fellowship with Alcoholics Anonymous with the program, and they're very much two separate things. I mean, they're, you know, they're together, but separate, if, if you know what I mean, because you're not in the solution. You do not have a sufficient solution to yourself or that drinking problem. And, you know, like the other night, I didn't know whether I wanted a razor, a rope, a gun, maybe a, a nice combo of it all. Um, you know, the other night you was talking about taking a bath with a toaster. I mean, yeah, that's um, like I, I was getting creative on how I was going to do this thing. And, <laughs> and, and for me, that created the bottom enough where I became willing to surrender or willing to give something, the 12 steps, the program, control or you know surrender to the program as it was written that was hard (laughs) because they wrote it in 1935 and like god didn't need my opinion he didn't even need my opinion when he wrote the bible or created the world like why do i think that i need to come in here and like read read like because i could come up with so much better right i thought i could I mean, I seriously was like, you don't know me. How do you think, well, you think those steps are going to work for me, but you, you don't know me. Just like the other night, we were in a meeting, Matt, and Matt had drunk, well, he didn't drug me. He invited me to come to a later meeting, and of course, you know, once you get a little bit older, like past the age of 35, 8 o'clock seems like midnight. 8 o'clock is the new midnight for me these days, but anyways, I, I rolled up in there, and a young lady you know, I had gone on in my soliloquy about that whole subject about spirituality versus or the program, working the steps, and just coming to meetings. And she's like, I just don't, she's like, I'm reading the book, but I just don't think that those steps are going to be a big factor in my recovery. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, well, what, what are you going to, like, what is the big factor in your recovery? Well, I'm going to meetings and I'm not using, hmm. like, good luck with that. Well, you know, there's a clear difference between recovery and sobriety. Sure. And maybe a lot of folks that are new don't understand that. You know, sobriety alone is just not having alcohol, right? And, but then there's recovery where you can actually not have alcohol and be happy. Sure. And you're happy as a result of working those 12 steps if they're done right. And so not drinking is just kind of a byproduct. It's not something. And I, you know, we're, and we'll get to this down the line, but if you read the 10th step promises, you know, it, it tells you that in the 10th step promises where it says, you know, no more fighting anything, you know, the problem has gone. Now, can you imagine being two weeks over and hearing that the problem is gone? Really? Sure. I was two weeks sober, and sure. I read all that stuff, and I went, there's no way, you know? Yeah, I was no like way. that with the nine-step problem. And that's that's where I'm talking for the newcomer, because you got a newcomer sitting in there, and you got somebody quoting out of the big book, somebody who, who the problem has been removed. Right. They don't believe you. They don't understand you. They don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about a book, right? So... All we can do is get them into the, you know, into the frame of mind to where one day at a time we just kind of do this. Because I, too, seen it. The problem will be removed. And you will cease fighting anything and everything, including alcohol. And that's the miracle of it, you know, and all of these things. All of these things that we get thrown at us whenever we're newcomers. And and I'm just sitting here thinking. I, I, I can tell you now, I never sat there and just went, man, I can't wait for that day. I never did that. I, I said that day's never going to come for me. That's that's exactly what I said, and I can imagine it goes through the thoughts of, of a lot of people. Um, spirituality was never forced on me. It was never any of that. You know, I came into the program with a higher power um, from a religious background. I was going to stick with that higher power no matter what. My sponsor just kind of said, "Hey, whatever your approach to it has been, it's working for you. You, you know, you're, you're here with me right now." Exactly. So you might want to change your approach. Let me show you how. That's what he did. He showed me how to do these things because he still remembered what it was like to be a newcomer. He had never arrived. He had never got to be Mr. AA. He was there to help. And that's what I loved about the guy so much. You know, definitely um, whenever he left here, it was a loss. I've got another question real quick, and I don't know if we can answer this one real quick. We'll take about five or ten minutes on this question. Okay. 
what would you, what would life be like today? June, May 14th, 2023. What would life be like for you today? If God gave you everything you would ever ask for. Yeah, a moment of <laughs> silence. That's um. Well, first off, Matt, I can probably tell you, Matt wouldn't be able to get out of the water because of all these fish in the would, boat. Yeah, he he'd be feed, feeding five thousand. I would, I would, uh, yes, I would be feeding five thousand. Yes, there's no doubt about that. But you know, I think too. Hey, all that being said, throughout your my life you picture this stuff in your head, you know, well, if I just had this, if I just had that, you know, today, like, there's just not that much stuff that I'm But like, if, if you had gotten all the stuff you had ever asked for, ever prayed for, and there's a reason for the question. Okay. Man, I don't know. I'd probably be dead. I, I definitely I mean, would be six feet under, or, you know, in jail or yeah. all of the things because I don't know... Hey, I don't really know what I what it is that makes me happy. I probably would have been like the El Chapo of Jackson, Mississippi, or something. You know, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, what I would El Chapo. It would have been the ill. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, that's the thing. I don't know what makes me happy. So one day I'm praying for one thing. The next day I'm praying for something totally opposite because I'm gonna go through the gamut of things trying to fix myself externally. Before I get to the solution, which is the higher power, my higher power knows what's best for me because he created me. Um, And so when he doesn't give me the things that I think I want, that's just like I remember Maurice was doing a step study one time. He talked about how, you know, a parent's not going to give a toddler a loaded gun. Just because they're throwing a fit and asking for it, and and it's God's protection often. He Out, doesn't outside of Mississippi, man. Mm-hmm. Outside of Mississippi, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside, oh yeah, they toddlers yeah. have them over there. They're born with them. They're strapped. Yeah, yeah. come straight out the womb with a. Got five on it. Yeah, oh, that's not the. Yeah, that's you not be the tough over there. They raise them young. Yeah. Raise them tough. So. I guess the reason I ask that question is I think often, you know, what would life be like if God had given me everything I wanted? And I probably wouldn't have made it out of the third grade, to be quite honest with you. And the reason the question was asked is because, you know, a lot of times folks come in with a chip on their shoulder because they haven't got what they wanted. And I've been in, um, I've been in AA for a little while now, and it ain't about what I want. It's about what I need, and knowing the difference between want and need is is tough, but this isn't about material stuff. It's about the world out there has not changed since I got into AA. Not at all. It's not. It might be worse. It might be better. I don't know. I don't have to worry about that, but I have changed, and it's, it's finding that thing inside myself that allows me to move on from one day to the next, without that drink, without all of the the drama, the grouch and the brainstorm, if you will, it allows me to do that because I know for a fact that if I'm given what I want, it's probably not good for me. And that's just the honest to goodness truth. For me, I only speak for me. So in this episode, we have talked a lot about spirituality, you know, and I think that um, Jennifer's idea of, of before we started recording, saying the serenity prayer, you know, was spot on, you know, and, and if we think about that over the years, I say that every day, right? And if I sat down today, right now, and I think about it, that third one, you know, the wisdom to know the difference, if I have the wisdom to know the difference, he has given me the serenity to accept what I can't change and the courage to change the things I can. If I have the wisdom to know the difference. And wisdom is really just using knowledge. Right. Exactly. And and what a what a way to think about it. We have talked about a gamut of stuff today, from spirituality to Eddie Vedder 
to toddlers in Mississippi. I heard meatloaf mentioned. I heard air supply a little earlier. So we went down to the uh, lower side of things there. I don't think air supply is lower, man. Well, actually, I get down with some air supply. If if God would have given me everything I ever wanted, I would have been the lead singer of Air Supply because in the third grade I was a little bit taller than the fella that actually sings for him. <laughs> and and then you grew up. Well, you know and that he didn't. that hair phone microphone uh, thing. Well, we didn't we didn't talk about bread though. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. Or bread, just the food. <laughs> bread, mm-hmm. just the food. I'm our think- daily bread. <laughs> I'm thinking next uh, next episode we're gonna lead in step one, and uh, that's gonna be a biggie. You know that might even be a two parter if we think about it. So we have we have talked about getting into AA. We talked about what got us there. We talked about spirituality. We've talked about getting that sponsor, and we talked about that very first meeting, and not necessarily in that order. But I think it is time that we get into step one. And we're not going to, I'm not going to sit here today and say we're going to take the steps as episodes probably won't. There are other things that need to be discussed between whatever, but we're going to get off into step one on the next episode. So but that that goes far, that pretty much goes in line when we, um, I get the opportunity to do a step study for our home group. And so we'll be in one within the next couple of weeks. I'm in one every day of my life. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, good one, Matt. Good one. I guess if if you're not in one, you're probably going to end up being in number two. That's what Rodney Dangerfield said. Is it really? He said I tried to look out for number one, and that ended up stepping in number two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. For Mike and the gang here at The Grouch and the Brainstorm, see you next week.